Hey ladies, welcome to WTF, Women Talking Frankly, a running conversation with your hosts, Kyle and Candace. And you, about issues facing women, such as health, hormones, our looks, our libido, life, and anything in between. We promise to dig deep and get into it each episode. Welcome. We're so glad you joined us today. Hello, ladies. We're back in the studio. I'll guess, I guess we're not in the studio. Candace and I are doing a trial run of Zooming together. We're each recording from our own homes due to this new Omicron variant keeping us apart. This is a Zoom in with the hosts looking ahead to 2022 episode, How We Are Living Now. Like many of you out there, we, your co-hosts, had great hopes for last year. Who would have predicted that we'd be living through a pandemic for two years and counting? I know I didn't. Obviously, some very smart people, some scientists had warned us that something like this could happen, but most of us were caught unawares. 2021 offered the promise of the vaccine, and the scientists certainly delivered on this sooner than we could ever have hoped. But there were so many factors keeping us from reaching adequate numbers of people, the cost, logistics, people who resist science, et cetera. Plus, on the world stage, the numbers of those vaccinated remains too low. So our variants will continue to emerge, emerge until we get a handle on this. So here we are again, the beginning of a quote unquote new year, 2022. And how can we hope out loud that this really will be a better year? In my opinion, we have no choice but to hope and frankly pray and make changes in our own lives for the betterment of ourselves, our loved ones, our neighbors, and perhaps even the world. So when I'm faced with times like these, I look for inspiration from those who are wiser than me. I have this great little book called Inspiration for a Lifetime, Words of Wisdom, Delight, and Possibility by Alan Klein. Actually, this is one of my favorite kinds of books to have on hand for these kinds of moments when I need to be inspired by myself or help others feel inspired. It's div- this one is divided up into little chapters And the section that I chose for today is called, believe it or not, Change and Challenge. How well does that describe what we're going through right now? Rather well. Right? (laughs) The first quote is by Martin Luther King Jr. And I think, damn, this man only lived into his late 30s. How much wisdom he had. He said, the ultimate measure of a man or woman is not where he or she stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he or she stands at times of challenge and controversy. I think that's an amazing quote. Then I love this Yiddish saying that said, God gave burdens, but he also gave shoulders. So kind of- <laughs> Is that so wise? <laughs> and right. Candace, I know you remember, and many of you out there may be too young to remember, but one of my favorite comedians growing up was Bob Hope. And he said, I have seen what a laugh can do. It can transform almost unbearable tears into something bearable, even hopeful. And how important has laughter been in these last two years, Candace? I mean, I mean, Ted Lasso was a game changer for so many people, you know, just to keep us light and happy. Oh yeah. And then there's another man who, I don't know his name. His name is Herm Albright. He said, I love this. A positive attitude may not solve all your problems, but it will annoy enough people to make it worth the effort. <laughs> Don't you find that <laughs> when everybody else is like, you know, curmudgeon and you come along and go, no, but I think it's okay. People go, oh, here she comes, Miss Sunshine. You know? <laughs> but I think yeah. 
I think it's so true. And he said, you know, we have no choice. We, we can all curl up and say, what next? But don't say that. I said to Candace the other day, she said, what about this? What about this? I said, please don't tempt fate. You know, no, I said, I'm coming into Portland to meet with you to interview Kenneth Stevenson, by the way, listeners, part two with Kenneth Stevenson is coming up and it's going to be great. But Kyle and I are going to get together in one room. And I said, I'm coming hell or high water. And, and I you said, said don't, don't tempt fate. fate. And that really got me thinking. I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit more, but carry on. Okay. But in the midst of the pandemic early on September, 2021, we were already pretty miserable. So think about that just past September. We had limited activities. We were faced with people dying. Oh, I'm sorry, 2020. Um, no vaccines yet. Then we had those in the Northwest, we had those horrific wildfires. We were stuck oh. inside during one of the most beautiful months in the Northwest, September. Then we had another surge of COVID last winter. Then vaccines started. People started feeling hopeful. Then we had that horrible heat wave here in Oregon, 115 degrees. I mean, my God. Yeah, on June 28th. And then we got stuck inside in June. I'm WTF. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, I've never been stuck inside in June in my life. Then we had, <laughs> then we had summer feeling more, summer feeling more optimistic. People began to gather. Even our president said, you know, this should be the end of it. But then fall brought us back inside, and of course, another variant began to change things all over again. So here we are, and we're faced with the fact that we may have to learn to live with the pandemic as it turns into what they're calling an endemic 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 endemicity or something like that they're calling it it's basically when a disease becomes endemic and we learn to live with it so what does yeah. this look like for all of you and so i said let's let's just say i said to ken let's allow us to share what it looks like for us so in january 2022 what to do what to change what to look forward to in my past few years i've done a type of january cleanse a few years ago candace and i and about 20 other people uh, took a class with Tracy Siegel, who's one of our previous guests on WTF. And she, it was based on the Whole30, a little bit stricter, and it lasted 21 days. We both did it, and it worked so well for me. So this year, my husband, Joe, and I are doing a modified version. We're doing no alcohol, no refined sugars. So a little, you know, if we want to have a little bit of raw honey and real maple syrup, we do. No dairy, no gluten. So far, I found that I have better sleep, clearer thinking, more resolve, great energy, a few pounds down, decreased belly fat. So that's pretty good for 12 days. Plus, my biggest point on doing something like this is that right now, with the lack of control in everything we have in our world, I can control this. And that is really something when so many things are out of reach. Candace, what are you doing? I mean, I know you and your husband have been doing some kind of a cleanse as well. So tell me what, what are you doing to kind of get through this or make 2022 a positive spin? Um, I, yes, I mean, starting out with, you know, just mindfully reducing all the excess of Christmas, which was excessive. My daughters came home from California and we, they tested and everybody was clear. And then we just kind of hunkered down. It snowed on Christmas day. We were snowed in. So we were baking and you know, eating to our heart's content, whatever we felt like. And um, although not whatever, because I think we're at the point now where we really don't eat much but healthy foods. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we just splashed out. And now this month, yes, we're, we're not drinking any alcohol. Although I did, I, I do full disclosure, want to admit that I had a glass of wine oh, one day. God. I've been on, I've been on this fast, <laughs> on this cleanse for eight days now 
That's awesome. We've had nothing but sweet potatoes, parsnips, beets, spinach. I made a fantastic meal last night with parsnips and spinach and cashews and all kinds of lovely spices, garam masala. It was delicious. I'm doing that tonight. I'm making parsnips tonight. How funny. I love parsnips. Roasted oh, parsnips. Oh, they were delicious. Yeah. Just getting into the root vegetables. And oh. it's it's so nice to have, you know, if you have a farm stand nearby or somewhere oh. that sells great produce, go there and pick up the root vegetables and learn to air fry them, roast them, you know, drizzle them with olive oil and all those good things. I think mindful eating has been an important thing to do during the pandemic. I've talked to so many people that, you know, I do health hormone counseling and lab and testing. And many of the people that I talk to have really let it go during the pandemic. They're not eating well, they're drinking too much coffee, they're drinking too much wine, you know, just this sort of back burner anxiety is, it's not even back burner, it's upfront anxiety, isn't it? It's front burner, front and center. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, all the, all the typical things of trying to clean up the diet for the month, but I think overall, what I, what I've been trying to do is take the learnings of last year or the observations I've had and carry them with me into 2022 and and you know have i think that the main the main thing for me is to be happy where i am mm-hmm. to be content and you know as you know Kyle i have i sort of have another life i i lived in england for a long time and something like 14 15 years and now my husband and i have a chance to go back there um to a second home for a while our daughters are born there and we've been wanting to go now for two, almost two years since the pandemic hit. And I know this is first world problems, but we all have our expectations. We all want something to look forward to. And I've gone through all these changes about, oh, I can't go there, I can't do this. And then suddenly I look around and say, be happy where you are, be content where you are. Yeah. And I think I think that's my central challenge now. I look around and I, I realize I've not been practicing gratitude enough. I'm not you know, I'm taking things for granted and being grumpy and, and sullen about what isn't going my way. And it's it's just a real learning to be happy wherever I am content. And I was reading this great book by uh, Mary Pipfer, Women Rowing North and reminding myself of some of the wise words that she had to say. And one of the things she says is recognizing our own contentment is an undervalued skill intense passion and excitement grab our attention. And, and that's what we're always looking for, right? Passion right. and excitement, and we wanna be entertained. We want our attention to be somewhere else. But contentment whispers in ways we may not always notice. In fact, contentment is a basic building block of a happy life. And, and I so agree with that and resonate with that. And I, and I feel you know it, it kind of segues into my challenge in this new year, which is really, my challenge is the same question that Anne Morrow Lindbergh posed in her seminal book, Gift from the Sea. Remember that wonderful mm-hmm. book, everyone, if you haven't read it. It was written over 60 years ago in 1955 um, when the world was a simpler place, or so we would think, no cell phones, computers, COVID. And yet Mary Lindbergh, Anne Morrow Lindbergh's central question in the book, which resonates for me and I trust for all of us, was how to remain whole in the midst of the distractions of life. Absolutely. So we, she didn't even have cell phones and all of that. She didn't have COVID. She didn't have 
the endless internet just, you know, intrusions, and yet she's struggling to remain whole in the midst of the distractions of life. How to remain balanced, she asks. No matter what centrifugal forces tend to pull us off center, how to remain strong, no matter what shocks come in at the periphery. So there are no easy answers to this, but there are constants in life that, that we can acknowledge and get our ar arms around. And, and you say, but how? But I, I think, you know, so my, my main thing you asked, what am I doing? I'm, I'm trying to cut out some of the distractions and, and make step one, the simplification of my life. Yeah. So, so that means eating simpler. It doesn't mean restricting good, good foods. It's, it doesn't mean depriving myself. It means feeding and nourishing myself with good whole foods. It means, you know, getting enough, the right kind of exercise. If we're talking about strength for me, it's a, it's the combination of stretching and strength training with weights. And, you know, so that can be yoga. It's deep breathing. I think about the breath, what I worry about with COVID since I've had bronchitis so many times and pneumonia is that if I get COVID, I'm gonna have a horrible breathing problem. So I kind of go around with this big worry. So what do I do to counteract that worry and distraction is I'm breathing deep, I'm doing yoga, I'm going to take some singing lessons this, this year in 2022. I think learning voice lessons is gonna be a great way to get my good breathing in. And things like that. I've got a lot more we can talk about, but you know, just um, uh, for starters, that's a lot because I, I, and I think paying attention so that we can avoid the fragmentation and the distraction, we find ourselves in airplane, we're in airplane mode all the time, yeah. floating along sort of inattentive to everything around us, trying to block out the bad stuff and distract ourselves with, you know, the entertainment. But what we really need is to cultivate stillness. And that's that's really my other main goal this year is to, to work on that quiet time alone, contemplation, listening to music, a centering thought, reading, study. It doesn't need to be a big project, but just something of my own, something of your own. Picking and arranging a vase of dried flowers, yoga, writing a poem. You wrote a lovely poem this year, Kyle. Journaling. What matters, I think, is that we need time to be inwardly attentive. Does yeah. that resonate with you? Oh, yeah. And I was thinking of a few things when you were speaking about the whole getting back to the Anne Mora Lindbergh. I just I read that book probably 35 years ago. And I was thinking about, you know, her, I remember her image. She had many children. I think she had like what maybe five or six kids. And she I had think so, summer, yeah. And she had a summer home and she had a winter home. And she would go to her summer home and that's where she wrote the book. And she would pick up the shells. And she, I remember she would do this analogy with her life. But her biggest, I remember the biggest metaphor that and I, I never forgot it was she had this sort of um, old-fashioned wheel with spokes on it. And she talked about what you're talking about is being centered in the middle. And she said, if one spoke of your life gets too long, like your children or your job or, you know, your uh, whatever, maybe your sports or whatever it is that the spokes of your life that pull you in different directions, if one has gets too much attention, the wheel becomes wobbly. And I always mm -hmm. loved that analogy of that, you know, the whole thing we all talk about over and over again is how do we remain balanced in our lives? Balanced, yeah. Balanced, balanced. And, you, and you meet people and you can just tell, you know, when you meet people, I think is that, you know, when people are balanced, they just, they give a certain kind of energy off. They just feel, you feel comfortable being around them. They don't 
suck energy from you and you just don't feel exhausted when you're with them. And they, and they come through, you know, when they make a promise, they come through because they're not too busy. They're just, like you said, they're mindful and they're centered and they're, and they're, and they're people you can count on. Um, and yeah. you know, so it's kind of that. So there's that. Do we, do we feel Kyle, like we're balanced. Do you feel like you're a balanced person? <laughs> um, don't, my husband's in the room, so don't ask him. No, I think I am. <laughs> so that's what my, that's a husband. No, I'm, I think I'm pretty balanced. I think I have my moments of imbalance, but especially now that I'm retired, I I've always been a huge advocate of being physically active. You know that. And I also think I mostly eat a pretty good diet. I definitely think that I love to have socialization. I, maybe I don't have enough alone time. Maybe that's my imbalance. My, and my husband says time for reflection. Shush now. Um, <laughs> we haven't invited our husbands in part of this podcast before. So um, in general, I think I am. And I think you are too, Candace. And I think you were being a little hard on yourself saying that you don't live here now. I would say, au contraire, that when you talk about where you live now, you you have great days of Sundays, you and Dave go and you find a winery and you find a fun place to be. I think you're very good at making your life, that whole expression, you know, bloom where you're planted. I think you are very good at that, by the way. So yeah, talking about contentment, the, the little town that we moved to, which is in wine country, Oregon, have I've been, you know, learning this year to, it's been growing on me and I've been learning to love it, you know, learning to, what was that great Stephen Stills song, Love the One You're With? love the place you're in. Well, that's and, a good one. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's been, you know, and, and what did Ted Lasso always say? Be, he's always talking about being curious. Yeah. And, and I think being curious about this town that I live in, the diversity that it presents, some of it not to my liking, but, you know, again, that, that gets into my goals for this year are being, you know, opening my mind, being more mindful and seeking to understand the differences among people and behaviors and society and you know why we are who we are and how so many of us come by who we are honestly yep. so for us to judge others and their attitudes and opinions is not really the way to to, to find contentment with our, with a fellow man but you know but rather to try to understand and find opportunities for discussion and consensus so that we can live together in contentment. I find in this little town that I'm living in that community matters a lot. Oh yeah. You know, who the the national politics and whatever else is driving us crazy is you know is not really the guiding force when you're at home and when you're on your own or with your family. It's where you are and who, who your friends are and your neighbors. And I think we all just want to get along. No, but in order you remember that whole statement too, all politics is local. You know, you, when you come down yeah. at the end of the day, you can listen to all that news out there, but really what's happening in your neighborhood is the most important thing. And I think, you know, for you and I, you and me, we both come from different areas of the world and we transplanted into Oregon and Oregon has so many different facets of people. You're right. And you live in a small town that's mixed. I live in Portland. That's probably more one way or the other, but there's definitely a wide diversity of people, not maybe as much as New York or something like that. But I would say that's those are all true. And for myself, my personal goals this year, when you were talking about uh, things that you wanna work on, 
I find that, you know, as I get older, um, I want to work on flexibility and strength. I mean, I think I do a lot of things that are beneficial in that area, but I think always we could do more. Like could you talk, do- could you talk a little bit more about, you know, of all the activity, physical activity that you do, what, what do you, what is, has your greatest praise in terms of an activity that we can share with our listeners about you know, getting strong and staying yeah. strong. If, if you were all to see Kyle, she's a very fit, strong person for however old you are now, late 60s. I mean, I you're, you're amazing. And what do you attribute that to in particular? Well, I've always been, when I was younger, I was a runner. And when I became, in my early 40s, I became a walker. And I walked probably 25, 30, 35 miles a week. So that's one thing I do. And I, that's always been a consistent thing for me. I have, I always have my trusty dog with me. My dog now is Rosie and she's amazing. And we walk, you know, up and down hills. I think that's important. I always have done something that's stretching, like a swimming. I try to swim two or three times a week. And also I did yoga for years and years and years, but then I hurt my knee and I was kind of hesitant to keep doing deep lunges. So I've switched to Pilates and I do Pilates twice a week. And that's, and I play tennis about four or five times a week. So and you love tennis. You're and really, you, tennis. and I love it. But you know, I went to a massage therapist one time who said to me that tennis is a violent sport. And I thought that was hilarious. I thought, I don't think of tennis as a, I think of football as a violent sport or soccer, you know, really banging bodies, but yeah, he was right. I mean, the way we move our bodies on the tennis court is start and stop, change direction. So I try to be careful that I don't injure myself. I, I try to stretch. And that's what I would say. And I think for me, I'd say Pilates is great. I've heard gyrotonics is great. I think yoga is wonderful. All of them have the components of flexibility, strength, and stretching. You know, I think- And I think that's what we're looking for in a good physical activity. What is gyrotonics? I have no idea. I don't either. My friend does it and I need to learn it. I think it's like Pilates, but it's more focused is what she said. You're using more of your ex- different muscles in a different way. She said it's more of a dynamic movement and I hate to blow it. I don't know. And I hate to make the, the wrong assumptions. Maybe we'll have her on as a guest. She's amazing. Talk about fit. Um, she basically I, said she works with people who are very, very active and they want to maintain that they're doing their activities properly. So I think it's more of a kinetic type of fitness uh, program, but it's very much based on strength and flexibility as well. But we'll have her on. We'll have her on. And then I would say the other thing is maintaining a Mediterranean diet. Of course, my diet is super clean right now, but maintaining over and over again. I think it got, I just heard, I'm sure you heard it too, that uh, the Mediterranean diet for the fifth year in a row, it's been voted as being the most beneficial diets for our body. And think about it. Think about the people, all the people who have that longevity in the world. They they always go back to the Mediterranean. People live long, healthy lives. And the central, the, the uh, central aspects, just, we had a great, um, we had a, 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 at least two, maybe four interviews this year with some mm-hmm. um, nutrition experts, Tracy, yep. um, what's Tracy's last name? Tracy Siegel and Andre, Andrea Nakayama. Yes. Yeah, so listeners have, have a go at, at either of those or both, because that was tremendous information about nutrition, but the Mediterranean diet is is pretty much centered around um, the good fats and the good protein, lean, fa- uh, good fats, lean proteins, lots of veggies. What else would you say, Kyle? Fruits. fruits good um, fruits. Yeah, minimum in small amounts. Loaded with antioxidants, the rainbow, eating yes. the rainbow. 
smaller amounts of grains, but whole grains and smaller amounts of, um, oh, what, what was it? Oh, definitely, li they like legumes, which is always an interesting topic. Um, and uh, less of the processed foods. I mean, they really go to nature. They th think about, I think when you think about a Mediterranean diet, like what grows indigenous to the Mediterranean. And so you're thinking about, like you said, fresh fruits and vegetables, fish, lean meats, um, so limited dairy and things like that. The other thing- Do you thing think there should be any limitation to the oils, the, you know, the cold pressed oils that we can use. I remember being in Greece back when I was biking around Europe and mm -hmm. all we ate were these salads, you mm -hmm. know, the Greek salads. And when you eat them in Greece, they just literally pour the olive oil. It's everything is swimming in olive oil and it's delicious. Really, I don't know if it's so much swimming. I worked at a Greek restaurant when I was younger and I think it's not really swimming. It's just, it's so, the olive oil is so good that it's just, I mean, you don't really pour it on it. I mean, if I make a salad, I kind of drizzle it on and toss it and add a little vinegar. You don't need a lot, but you- Yeah, I think it. that's that's what I wanted to ask you because in Greece, they really do glob it on. I mean, I thought it was a bit over the top, but well, I think you know, that's the Mediterranean diet. Depend, yeah, it depends on where you are too. But you know, it's funny, I was gonna say something and they drink wine, they drink good red wine, of course. Um, I was driving today and I was listening to one of the, programs on national public radio and they was said it was talking about new year's resolutions of course everybody's talking about that right now and then one of the things it says with the majority of people when you're asked what you're doing in the new year is weight loss and they said something like 45 million people are on a diet in january in the u.s and something <laughs> like something like, and i could be wrong about this number but i was I wanted to write it down. I was driving, so I couldn't. Something like $70 billion is spent on this. And mm -hmm. it's just an interesting thing. And I think, and they were discussing the whole, um, you know, obesity, and they were talking about diabetes and high blood pressure. And they were talking about the weight loss programs. And they were talking about the, the drugs that are available, plus the surgeries. And I always come back to prevention. If we can just prevent ourselves from becoming obese, by following a diet that's healthy, plant-based, you know, and just like you said, I don't feel, and my husband hasn't either, I don't feel deprived on this. Like last night we had some fresh cod and we had some artichokes and he was like, this is amazing. We didn't have a grain with it. We didn't, we would, it was plenty of food. And there's days, you know, when you caught, you know, how when you're on a, a, not, a, a bad path, it's like you, everything is like excessive. You eat too many cookies, you eat too, too much, too many portions. And you kind of almost need to eat more to say, feel satiated. But when you're eating a clean diet, I find myself not being as hungry. I'm not craving things. Uh, don't you find that, Candace? Yeah, absolutely. I think so much. And, and you know, the word diet is, is just probably not, I think we need to think more about what, you know, what, what our daily foods are at every meal rather than, and just rather than being on a diet for a period of time and then going back to our bad old ways. And we all have our bad old ways. I mean, Absolutely. we are not setting ourselves up as paragons of virtue right here. No, no, I no. certainly say I've, I had, I've probably had too much wine during COVID and too no. much baking and although using almond flour, of course. Ditto, it, ditto, I'm with you. There are, always, there are always these great swaps you can make. And a plug for my daughter, Jessie, uh, at Body Bliss by Jess, she put together, she's a, nutrition health coach and my daughter's put together this whole swap out guide so that instead of having to give things up that you love there are better alternatives there are healthy alternatives to everything 
that you love. You can make chocolate chip cookies with with oats and almond flour and Lakanto chocolate chips that are sugar, you know, they have a natural sugar in them. Everything that we, we have so many opportunities to to improve the the diet, you know, not to try to replace candy and cookies and white flour and all of that, but to move on because we have so many choices now. And I would say, you know, that's what I've been doing for the last few years. And for my age, I'm in my early 70s and I'm, I'm maintaining a pretty good weight. Of course, who doesn't want to lose seven, eight pounds at all times? And I'm working on that right now, but it's not how much space I take up in the world that matters to me. It's, you know, how I feel and how I fit into my clothes and how I can move around. And can I be strong enough to do, you know, the activities you, you talk about, um, the, the, uh, the Pilates and, and the tennis and walking. I too, just because we want to share with you guys all that we do to stay healthy. I think the walking is, is the main thing for me walks in nature I'm lucky to live in a beautiful place. And I found, I'm, I'm making my, the other goal this year is to find some great walks. I found a beautiful walk recently in wine country that I didn't know about. There's like four miles up and down hills, water, all ends you up in this gorgeous cemetery with old stones from the 17, 1800s, amazing. But, you know, out in nature, no cell phone, just listening to the sounds and of the water gurgling and the birds out there. I hear a meadow lark when I walk a certain way. And, um, you know, also I, in my early 70s, as I am mentioning ad nauseum, am amazed to have picked up on yoga Yes. I never did yoga before, never, ever, because um, I know I've mentioned this before, but having been a skier, I really hurt my knees back in those years, you know, and I continued to ski for a long, long time, but now I've got these broken down knees. So I always decided I can't do yoga, no way. And yet I'm doing it now. I decided to take it up. I'm working with a in a group and finding how amazed I am at how stiff I was and how stove up and how when I first was in there thinking, I can't do this, no way, no how, and yet I'm doing these things. You know, I'm improving, I'm stretching, I'm feeling more flexible, I'm sleeping better. So, you know, as we get older, um, that's not the time to close down the shop and say, you know, I have, my choices are limited now. I think it's the time to start opening up and looking around and saying, what have I always wanted to do? What can I try? How can I feel better? I agree. And, you know, it's funny, thinking back to the podcast that we did with the physical therapist, they talk about just that. And I know there was a study done, I read about about five years ago, they did a study with people, oct octogenarians, people in their 80s, um, they did a study with those people, and they gave them light weights, a lightweight training program to do, and they actually had increased bone density and muscle mass in their 80s. And so if you- There's quite a bit of evidence about that. So. And you know, and I was gonna say, so pivoting for a second, the other thing that is so important, I think this coming year for me, is learning something new. You know, you keep, I actually ordered a book. I have to check and see where it is. It's, I think it's called Recharge Your Brain. I heard this great uh, interview with this scientist about this, how, you know, over and over again, and I know Candace, you know this as well, that the studies, what, what we can do to prevent dementia. And over and over again, there's two main things we can do. One is to avoid isolation. So socialization is absolutely key. Think about people who are all alone in this, pan in this pandemic. And then the second thing to do is um, to learn something new. 
and not like you know, one of the examples was given by the commentator, you know, my dad has done the New York Times crossword puzzle, which is amazing in and of itself every day for like 30 years. That's not gonna keep your brain as, as facile as learning something new. So that, I thought that was interesting. And then the third thing I think is doing um, exercise that has purpose, you have to use your brain. So like swimming is great, running is great, walking is great. But if you're not using like, it's like playing golf, playing tennis, playing pickleball, dancing, those things that require you to use your brain are much more beneficial in terms of preventing dementia. And those, those ah. things, isn't that great? So I think those are the things that I wanna learn something new this year and I don't know, I might go back to uh, revisit my friend. I had a French degree when I was younger. I might take some French classes or I might work on my photography, something that's going to require my brain to, to, to flex because, yeah. you know, it's like we, I sat in a meeting last night with these people who are all younger than me and, and I think smarter than me. And I was like, they're all so facile with their technology. And I thought, oh my God, I have to keep up you know it's this is this but it's really good when I do it's like okay that's making my brain shift right that's one of the advantages they say about learning new new things in technology because it does keep your brain um working elastic but I that is not that is not my choice for learning new things because I really boy that should be something I do cultivate more patience with technology but I just don't have it I guess I don't choose that way i'm i'm one of those people that would rather read a book than a kindle and um you know don't don't really love all the complicated bells and whistles that we're constantly being presented with every other day with technology but i certainly do look forward to improving my french my daughter's getting married in france next year and her husband is a fluent french speaker and we're all going to be there so i have a little bit of that and that's great excuse to learn more french um, and you know, just the, the voice lessons I think will be important. So I hope, I hope everybody out there is, is planning. I'm sure something new, learning something new is really key. And I think another thing that's very key that Kenneth Stevenson brought up in, in our, um, interview with her, and I encourage you all to listen to it because it really went deep into the essential female self. But she was saying that she actually prescribes service, volunteer service, mm -hmm. as part of her wellness agenda or part of her treatment uh, for women that she treats for hormonal imbalances. And, um, you know, I, I think that that is one of those things that is so essential to community, to the, you know, to contributing to the collective good, to not feeling isolated as we can all become during COVID. And uh, there was, I don't think that giving, purposeful giving mm -hmm. never depletes us. It doesn't deplete our resources. In fact, rather it, 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 it gives us more to give. The more one has to give, it's like milk in the breast, you know? The more, the more milk, the, remember when we were nursing our babies for you, for those of you who had babies and nursed them, the more milk you, that baby sucked, the more we made. So it's it's kind of, um, it's an easy thing to do. It's a never and ending, uh, I, I agree with that. It's a never ending bucket. You know, I think that's so true. And I think a lot of people who are depressed or just alone, or, you know, one of the things that can happen with people when they lose their job or they choose to stop working for retirement or just or they're pivoting in their life is um, you lose three things. A friend of mine told me once, you lose socialization, purpose, and structure. 
And so if you don't have those three things in your life, volunteering and, and, and being a part of an organization, like a, someplace that counts on you, really matters. It, it gives you a, self, a sense of importance. I'm on a couple of um, local boards, uh, nonprofits here in Portland, and I find that, you know, it's really fun to be part of a team. I'm not working full-time. I'm not working. I'm just working very sporadically. And it's really nice to feel like I'm, I'm doing some purposeful work and people are counting on me. And so that is, I think that's huge. The other thing, it's funny. You could give you a plug. You organized a fantastic event this summer that was so well attended. It was wonderful. It was a celebration of one of our great old parks in Portland. Was it a hundred year anniversary? Yeah, it was great. I had a great, I had a great staff, believe me. I was the chair of the event, but I had this amazing board of people, you know, uh, that were just incredible to work with. And all of us worked so well together. And each one of us was the part of the pie, you know, one piece of the pie that made the pie good. And so, but it made us all feel so proud that we were able to accomplish that. We had a lot of people show up and, we, and we've been asked to do more. So that feels really good to be part of a community and affecting change in a community and feeling like, again, getting back that control in one's life when we're feeling so out of control that the world feels like it's spinning in a way sometimes that we don't feel control, but if you can control locally what's happening in your life, it feels great. The other thing, you mentioned Kenna, and I had some notes about this. I think it's time to recharge our creative sides as well. Like for me, I've always liked to sew or cook or knit, or do photography. Remember right. when I was a kid, I don't know about you, I had so many hobbies, I couldn't keep up with them. And I think it's time to recultivate those hobbies. And you were saying, Candace, for me, I want to find that inner joy of, I loved, like I'm, I have, I'm going to the store next week, I'm buying some fabric to make some pillows for my couch, you know, things like that, just little things or making some gifts for people, whatever it is, like I love canning, you know, making some like peach jam and giving it to other people. Those are like really important things to remember to do, it, you know, dig deep and find those things that you love to do and, and share with other people. Yeah, it's so, it's really interesting how many people have have lost the creative spark because i think of the intrusion of com computers and this constant inundation and all the time that we're now spending on these electronic gizmos that we weren't spending years ago yeah um, when i grew up my mother made all of my clothes she was right. a great seamstress and she taught me to sew and i still have her 19 she i have a a Singer sewing machine, a portable 1948 oh, sewing oh, machine oh. that she made all my clothes on the year I was born. That sewing machine is as old as I am and it's still working. And I just need to get the table out and put it up. And I, I want to make some scarves, some nice warm triangular scarves to wrap around the neck of friends and family that, um, you know, I have, I've been talking about for ages and just, you know, I, I, I've also enjoyed quite a bit this during COVID, just kind of redecorating my house. And I'm sure some people will resonate with that. Oh, yeah. um, using what I have, you know, painting things, fixing things up, getting all the broken stuff out and rewiring and doing the things that bring things back to life. And I have a lamp here I'm looking at that I've had for 25 years that was in the shed. And I got my husband to rewire it and I found a new shade and I decorated it and we've just moved things around. And it's been so much fun using what we have rather than going out and buying more things yeah. or ordering more things online. That's another commitment I have to not keep making Jeff Bezos a billionaire trillionaire 
but <laughs> rather to trade, you know, to find things in my own community and in my own house and closet. Yeah, you really do. Get rid of the things that I have too much of. Yeah, that's great. Now, um, you mentioned something to me in an email about your daughters and you came up with these fun ideas, these words, and you asked me for my word. Um, and a word that sort of describes what we're thinking of next year. Would you share what you guys came up with? Then I'll share mine. Ah, well, let's see. Jesse came up with flow. And I don't, I don't remember the rest of the sentence, but it was, it was to do with, you know, living in the moment, living in the flow and being mindful so that you're not on that air, you're not on airplane mode, but rather you're going with the, you know, the actual energy and you're creating your reality as you go and you're being very aware and attentive mm -hmm. to your internal and external self. Je uh, Ryan's was um, exploration the you know the um the possibilities getting getting more being curious seeking to understand and also helping to grow our little business your hormone balance um to help more women test their hormones and find out what they can do to to balance their hormones naturally um so we're growing that and and my word really was uh healing i could have come up with so many words um but healing to me seemed the most important one because I think we have we we have to emphasize self-healing. You know, Kenna talks about um, Athena, the the female archetype, the goddess of war, wisdom, and self-healing, and how women need to trust their intuition and the, and their inner knowledge and to you know to take care better care of themselves. Uh, and I think that's something we we always need to work on because we're notorious for helping everybody else but ourselves. So this can be a season of self-healing of, you know, um, in, in our healing. I think of it in a larger sense, too, not just of myself taking better care of me and paying more attention to the objects of my daily neglect, but the healing of our society and of each other, um, our collective good, the common good, being aware of other people's views and attitudes. As I was saying before, being open-minded and trying to understand rather than getting angry and closing my mind to people that don't, you know, don't think the way I do. There's a lot of division right now. And I think breaching those divisions is what, what I'm striving to do, healing those divisions and finding unity in all things, I think is really what equates to strength um, in, you know, in our community, in our nation, in ourselves, than each other. So that's, that's my word for 2022. And of course, healing ourselves from this damn virus. Yeah, uh, really important. I think, I think we're doing that. I, I think that we are, you know, actually doing that. And I think, you know, having gratitude, obviously gratitude is a word that we we always have to bring up for what we have, not taking things for granted mm -hmm. and not expecting that we're not going to have some suffering in life. You know, some, we, we can't get through this life without some suffering, loss, grief, maybe even profound tragedy. But if we have a transcendent response to suffering, as Mary Pippa says, nothing is too small to appreciate. 
That's we right. can enjoy every fresh apricot, blazing October day, and visit with a friend. We can be awake and whole. And I love um, Eleanor Roosevelt's quote, a woman is like a tea bag. You can't tell how strong she is until you put her in hot water. Love that. So, you know, it, it's all of that. It's, it's doing what we need to do to stay strong, to stay whole, to be healthy, to heal ourselves and each other, to be kind. Um, and, you know, that's what I'm hoping we're moving in that direction because we've been through We've been through a lot this last two years and it's time to come together. I think that's yeah. the, an essential empathic um, feeling that we all have. We know that we need each other. We're all we have, aren't we? Yeah. Who wants to be entirely alone in this world? We need each other and we need each other to stay well and to be well. Yeah, I think I, I had two words that came up. The, the first word that came to my mind was gratitude. Just like you said, Candice, um, not to belabor it too much, but really in my life, I, I try to wake up each day and, and be thankful um, for all the things that I have in my life. I know that, you know, no life is perfect, but my God, I, I have so many things to be thankful for. And in the midst of, of a challenging world, we have to dig deep and, and be thankful every day because it is very hard to stay upbeat when we hear all this negativity. You know, when you think about the world and, and the longevity of it, there's always been um, terrible tribulations and pestilences and diseases and trauma and wars and people fighting once, you know, amongst each other and bigotry and all that. But we're just so much more, first of all, with the climate change and all the things that are facing us, it, there's just so much information that's negative. And we are just now with the modern age and technology, we're aware every day you can open up the newspaper and hear about this fire in New York and, and this typhoon yeah. in the Philippines. And it's like, oh my God. And these things, a lot of them have been going on for centuries, but you know, obviously it feels like for, it's getting to accelerating more and more. And plus we're aware of it. So we have to just stop and take stock of our own lives and be grateful for all the riches in our lives and be willing to share those with others. And that's where my other word, grace, comes through. Because grace, I always try to think of something spiritual as we move forward. I think we need spiritual healing in, into your, into your uh, word, you know, is that we have to have grace to allow others to live and grace to accept that we're not going to have the life maybe that we thought we were going to have and grace in terms of God's grace. You know, there's just so many things we have to have. Moving gracefully, living gracefully, is a word I think that will allow us to heal and just in our hearts have a, a gracious heart as opposed to a heart that's filled with negativity and blame and things like that. So that was my word. I just, it was a word, I just, it feels very um, comforting to me to, to think of a graceful life. I, I think that's a, that's a very eloquent word. And I think of it, I pair it with generosity of spirit. Yes, and um, yes, mercy and, and things like that. So, yeah. Candace, it was, it's been a, a pretty fun and long podcast. And I'm, I want to apologize. My husband was in the room. I don't think he realized we were recording and he was banging cabinets. So hopefully that wasn't too distracting for our husbands our bang oh. cabinets, don't they? They do. They're very noisy. Have you ever noticed? And they that? can never find anything. And they definitely <laughs> make a lot of more noise than we do, I think. But so I had a couple of quotes to end this if we're ready to sort of end. Beautiful. Okay. Yes. So a couple more that came from that little book um, before we close. 
Um, I love this by Rose Kennedy. And this is this goes perfectly what we've just been saying. Life isn't a matter of milestones, but of moments. And I think that is so true. It isn't like the accomplishments, mm-hmm. but the moments, like you said, sitting with a friend, being quiet in the evening by the fire, sitting with my dog and my husband, reading our books side by side, listening to classical music. I mean, there's just nothing better than that. And you taking your walks on the beach. Um, and then I love this, Danny Kay, a lot of you may remember him. He said, oh, yeah. life is a great big canvas. Throw all the paint on it that you can. I just love that. I love that analogy. And then mm-hmm. Joseph Addison said, um, the grand essentials to happiness in this life are something to do, something to love, and something to hope for. So go out, create those moments, throw that paint on the canvas of life and find something to do, something to love and something to hope for. Because really in the end, what more can we ask for? That's beautiful. And and what is that all equal in the end, but balance, a balanced life is attainable. (laughs) And and Candice, I want to say that I am grateful for you. You are one of my dearest friends and soulmates and so thankful that I found you and met with you almost 20, 20 years ago. And we've had this amazing friendship. And I think it's been really fun, this project that we're doing out of a labor of love and just wanting to reach out to other women. And let's hope that this podcast, the other thing, that's my other goal for this year, is to get this podcast to grow in terms of audience and reach so that we can help more people to find balance and gratitude in their lives. Well, I had a little frisson at chill when you said that lovely thing about our friendship because it is it is a sacred thing to have such a good enduring friendship and it is enduring um, and we keep growing it and nourishing it and hopefully those of you who are listening will join us as as our friends as well so that we can share the knowledge and and share the you know share the path to balance we can do this together so happy new year everybody Happy New Year and we'll go forth in strength and generosity and grace and healing. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, here we are at the end of this WTF Woman Talking Frankly podcast episode. In signing off, we want you to remember that what you are feeling is not all in your head. And that you have so many options to choose from to get you back to balanced living. Until next time, be well. And remember, if you want a great life, you need to ask great questions. Be courageous. Ask for what you need. With love, Kyle and Candace. Our website is womentalkingfrankly.com where you can find all of our episodes, check out the show notes for resources, articles, and remedies, and where you can also feel free to email us with any questions, a hormone story, anything you'd like us to share with our listeners. Women Talking Frankly, WTF, is produced by Dan Rigger of Medicine Whistle Studios in his lovely Southeast Portland, Oregon studio. We want to thank our webmaster and dear friend, Deb Hollister of Pure and Simple Graphic Design, we also want to give a shout out to all of our family, friends, and patients for all of their support and encouragement to start this podcast. We are your hosts, Kyle McAvoy and Candace Birch. <laughs>